Morning, Nick. How are you doing? Good morning, Martin. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Good. Not bad at all. Not How are your little toes? My little toes are a bit sore still, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, not too bad. So you better explain why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, last Sunday was the Henley Half Marathon, which I'd signed up for, um, which I hadn't didn't feel like I'd done enough training for, but I did it anyway, mm. and um, it was it was all right. Yeah. It's not. Because I've only ever done the Reading Half Marathon, which is quite a big deal. There's a lot of people out on the streets and stuff for it. Um, I think there's like 70,000 people, aren't there? Is it that many? Who do it? Yeah, the Reading. Um, don't know. There's a lot. Anyway, there's anyway. a lot, yeah, <laughs> a lot. So the Red, the Henley one is quite a bit smaller. Um, so it kind of like goes through the, the town and then up into the the field, the hills, fields around and down the river and all the rest of it. So you only really get people in the town bit. Um, and not that many so it's a bit of a different atmosphere but I knew it was hilly around Henley because <laughs> I uh, I used to work there when I first started started working and um, after university and so I knew what it was like but I just didn't really click because I've been busy I'd not really looked at the course I just thought yeah. you know I'll just follow people around it'd be fine but I was getting a bit nervous when we were standing waiting around for it to start and I could hear people talk about oh this hill's really hard and, <laughs> and this one's so I was thinking oh no what that was this going to be like but anyway it started off, and after the first sort of mile or so, it's a sort of gentle incline up up, up a hill, um, and that was pretty hard work. But it was okay. I was at that point, I felt okay, and I was overtaking people and stuff, and so that was good. Then we came down and and back on the flat level again, down the side of the river, and that was all okay. We got to about seven miles, so just over halfway, and I'm feeling a bit tired, and I always do. So I thought that's all right. I'll keep plodding my way through, and then. Yeah. You go across a road and then all of a sudden this hill appears in front of you and you're going up this hill and it's quite steep um, and it just kept going and going and going. I think it was about a mile and a half of hill and it was one of those annoying ones where you go and you could see sort of like 100 yards ahead, it turned a corner and so you'd think, oh, I'll get around that corner and it'll be level again and then we'll start to come down. You got around the corner and then it was another 100 100 (laughs) yards going up and it just went on and it was funny because I was going and I was thinking, right, I just got to keep running. Whatever I do, I'm just going to not stop running. If I get to the top of this hill and I'm dead, fine, I'll stop then. But challenge is get to the top of this hill now. So all thoughts of times or anything went completely out of my mind. Um, and it nearly killed me. All these people were overtaking me. <laughs> it's awful. I was just literally plodding up the hill. But I, I made it. And then this is where the, the toe incidents happened. Because coming down the other side of the hill, I thought, right, I'm going to try and make up a bit of time. I'll just go almost out of control and yeah. run as fast as I can down the hill which is never a good idea but I thought I'll go for it <laughs> so I did and um had one too many lucasades yeah <laughs> let's go crazy <laughs> so I did I did started sort of literally running down this hill overtaking people and I, I almost spilled twice coming down this hill so I could have ended up with broken bones but um if that's your approach you should do the cheese rolling next at Gloucester <laughs> oh god I don't fancy that <laughs> but no so I went down and um it was fine, but the problem was that, of course, my toes are banging into the end of my running shoes. Yeah. And I got to the bottom and realised that was a really bad move because both my little toes on either foot were really sore and, um, well, not wants to be too graphic, but they were black at the end of the half marathon. Um, but anyway, after all that, because after that hill, the second half of the half marathon, I was, I was like, just get to the end now. Yeah. Just get to the end without walking and I'll be happy. And it turns out I've got a PB for half marathons. <laughs> You're one of these natural runners that you were moaning I, to me about. I, I promise you, weeks ago, I obviously. promise you, if you'd have seen me or, or could have been in my head running that half marathon, you'd have known I'm not a natural <laughs> runner. <laughs> well, but time, um, doesn't, uh, time doesn't... Yeah, I don't uh, I think I did... evidence of that. I think I probably went a bit fast in the first half. 
and so I basically made quite a bit of time up in the first half and then the second half just plodded around but yeah so I did one hour 43 and 40 seconds which I mean Reading this year was one hour 45 so mm. yeah, do, they, um, do they do results on age category they do actually yeah um, have look at that and see where uh, yeah, I'll have, I'll have to have a look I didn't um, that should be your next target you see because you're obviously a good natural runner as we, as we said I, I just don't you know should, about uh, that you need to start winning medals in your age category and oh stuff. no that's getting a bit too serious <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But, no, sorry, I was pleased in the end, but I got to the finish line and um I crossed the finish line and as, as soon as I stopped running, I just got completely dizzy and I thought I was going to pass out. It was horrible. I thought, oh no, I'm going to be one of these people that just passes out at the end of the race, you know. <laughs> St. John's ambulance. John's ambulance bro, and all yeah. that. It's how yeah. embarrassing. But luckily there was like a they had like banana and drinks and stuff in the goodie bag that you get. So I just wolfed down a banana and had a drink and within a few seconds I felt all right, but Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. How was the drive home? Was uh, it was okay? Was I, yourself, I, so? I had about twenty minutes, half an hour after the race to, to chill out a bit, and then it was fine after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. It it was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was really tough. Well but, done. Well, you um, that's ticked off one of your goals for this year. Wasn't it, it has. Yeah, doing the half marathon. Two half marathons half. this year. That's good. Well done. We yeah. won't go through the rest. No, my, no. I think <laughs> mine are terrible. I got them up and all there. We'll do them at some point. I think it'll be pretty dismal here, yeah. but there you go. Hey, you what have you been up to anyway? Um, working, so on and so forth. We're going to go through updates now, yeah? Yeah, he might as well. Yeah, yeah. so um, with Vouchercodes Pro, our rankings have been improving a little bit, but unfortunately we got to the point where we had to say to three people that we begin them contract notice if rankings oh, no. don't massively improve by the 1st of November. So we've been open with everyone in terms of how we do it we always have been in terms mm. of you know how we're doing on a daily basis monthly basis even about three months ago we we gave them an explanation you know how much cash we had in savings in the bank and that kind of stuff mm. so they were actually really it's the first time i've had to do that we've had to fire someone before but you mm. kind of get through that through anger or whatever because they've, uh, <laughs> they've annoyed you in some way or another <laughs> yeah but uh, uh this is the first time we've kind of or i've had to kind of say to you know it was not making people redundant because they hadn't been at the company that long, but it was just ending their contract, I guess. Yeah. And they were actually really nice about it, which made it easier. And then maybe, you know, we said to them, you know, you can use work time from now until whenever to look for jobs and stuff. So they're all, we've given them, as we said, we said we'd give them more notice than we have to. Yeah. As we kind of have. Um, and they they were really nice about it, actually. Yeah, I think because they saw the numbers and they saw how things were going. Um, yeah. Yeah, so they made it easy, which really, really appreciated, I guess. And and there could be a miracle, you never know. You never know, yeah. <laughs> some update <laughs> some can get released Google update weekend. comes out this weekend and our rankings massively improve. But they have been slowly improving, that's the annoying thing. Yeah. Um, but we kind of need a big jump to, yeah. to you know, be able to keep three more people on. Hey-ho. Oh, well, hopefully it'll uh, turn around again in a few yes. months. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, having that, been doing my trading bits and pieces. Yeah, how's so, that going? It's actually been going quite well. So um, there's some pros and cons of doing it. So, well, the first week I did it, which was last week, I say first week, it's the first week of kind of using a new approach, I guess. Mm. So I've been trying various different trading signals and um, last week was using the exponential moving averages because that seems a bit simpler than what I was trying to do before with another different trading signal. <clears throat> uh, and that did quite well last week. I made £200, which doesn't sound very much, but I'm only putting like one pound a point on the spread bets and stuff right so 200 pounds is actually quite good and that was with a 50 pound loss on a trade that i did that was a mistake right um 
but saying it's only two hundred pounds, like at the end of the week, I was like, oh god, I've done done this work, and I've only made two hundred pounds. <laughs> but I go when I come on to the other bit in a minute, that's not so bad. And when you when you add two hundred pounds up across a month, yeah. assuming you make two hundred pounds profit each week, which yeah, isn't yeah. like to happen, but you know that's that's a mortgage payment each month. Yeah. That's an extra ten thousand pounds a year. And the idea is really, if I can see whether certain indicators and strategies work, is obviously to move up from a pound a point to yeah. five pound a point yeah. or ten pound a point and so on. It's like they say, isn't it? A lot of the time you have to do the things that don't scale to start with yeah, and then work out the system that you need to use and then you can scale it from there. Yeah, but um, part of the the difficulty of it actually is almost having too much time on your hands. And this <laughs> is where the psychology of a lot of the trading books mention the psychology of it. Mm. So at the end, at each evening, it's like seven or eight o'clock at night, the closing prices come through or you can download them via FTP. So generally you download them that night and run them through uh, to import them in a database and generate the signals and so on. And then it's up to the next day, the market's open at eight. You kind of let them, the craziness of the first open die down. So around half eight, you see where the prices are and you decide whether you're going to put your trades on or not. Mm. But then that's kind of it for the rest of the day. <laughs> <clears throat> and you know me and you growing up with a strong work ethic we want to be sat at our computer doing yep. work and stuff you kind of feel like you have to be sat there doing stuff but yeah. apart from like finding a new project or side projects which I guess is what I've been doing you know there's not much else to do <laughs> and you kind of feel guilty that that's, that's kind of like the work that's been done I guess <laughs> and part of the issue is you have to stop yourself looking for other trades to do just for the sake of doing them yeah, to feel like you've done extra work because that's where you can be stupid and yeah. end up gambling and losing money and not sticking to your system. Um, so that's been funny. But one thing I'm trying, let's just start working on today, is I've only been looking at um, UK stocks, so FTSE 100 and 250. Oh, right. So I'm going to start looking at the US as well. Yeah. Um, so that'll give me something else to do around four o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> just follow all these markets closing around it the gives world. Gives a few just... other opportunities, yeah. But it's been good fun, actually. I've been enjoying it. Oh, good. Sounds yeah. like it's going all right as well. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Yeah, well, I've mainly been working on the Kids Club stuff. Um, I've had some support issues and things come through on other projects, which just just standard sort of stuff. But um, yeah, so it's, I think last time... We were um, expecting champagne. Yeah, we were expecting champagne. And we got like a half bottle of champagne rather than the full bottle last time right. in that I hadn't actually given the link over, but it was ready to go. So we handed the link over to the to the customer and they've been playing with it, found some bugs, fixed some bugs. So the idea was that they'd test it for a week to make sure they were happy that it did everything they needed to. Um, and that went through and it took a little bit longer than a week because I gave them the link on the Friday. The Monday was actually when he started to use it. So the following Monday we had, which was this Monday, this week, because we we're recording on a Friday, um, we had a meeting on a Monday and it was, there's a couple of little things, but we said, basically, let's get these little things done. And on Wednesday, we'll launch to just 10 people. So we'll, we'll pick 10 people that haven't already booked Mm-hmm. for the club that's coming up and email them the link to the online booking and see what happens and then if midday on Thursday we'll see what how it's gone take a decision on whether we then email another 30 and so on and so forth of course Wednesday we get um, I get an email from him saying oh this morning something just occurred to me that we, we have these discounts mm-hmm. <laughs> and they get automatically applied to, to so people can get 10% off if they book so many sessions or whatever yeah. or some other discount or some other discount and I was like okay well we don't have that and so it's on the list of things to do um, but it was one of those things that got chucked out the window trying to get you know yeah. to the release um, but it turned out after 
a bit of deliberation that he couldn't really go live without it because it'd be a bit too much hassle for him to then have the bookings automated but then have to refund them somehow a certain yeah. amount because they they applied you know they could have got a discount and so on which makes sense it's disappointing for me but it, I can see his point um, so anyway so we've basically been trying to implement that over the last couple of days and I'm hopeful that we'll get that done today and um, I guess it'll be Monday then before he actually gets emails out mm. at this rate which is a disappointment but at the same time it's when you look back on it three years in three years time you know an extra week or two week delay yeah it's not the end of the world it, it's not the end of the world it's just um, you know you kind of want to get it in people's hands and then you feel like you've achieved something yeah um, but no it's going well I mean, he, really, he really likes it he, think, he thinks it's good it's just this this one sort of um, well I say it's this one thing on Monday I'm hoping that won't be another thing but mm. um, yeah so it's looking good Developers still working out, okay? They are, yeah. It's um, they they work they're really good. Again, it's difficult, I think, because people have got lives to get on with and all the rest of it, and so there's not as much things come up like oh, family issues, and you have to sort something out, and you understand it, you know. I know what it's like, but it's just frustrating to to not hmm. get continual motion, you know. I think this week, so to get to get ready for the go live on the Friday, there was some really good work done, and we got it done. And then after that, it kind of tailed off a little bit because obviously they were catching up with the stuff they would they hadn't been doing while they'd been working on it. And so I had a day or two with nothing happening from them. Um, and it, that's just a bit frustrating. But it's kind of, I think when we've got through this storm, I'll probably try and work out a bit more of a schedule about saying, look, when are you going to work? Mm. So that I know you'll be online working at that time. And then... I can, I can plan appropriately for for what you're going to do because what's happening at the moment is I might write down a list of stuff to be done and hand it over to them and I'm kind of expecting it to be done within the next day and yeah. it's two or three days because they can't work one day maybe their internet connection goes down or something or whatever I can't really help their internet connection going down mm. but just it just needs to be a bit more organised really and it's, it's a lot of my fault because my planning hasn't been great it's been a bit reactionary Um but yeah, once we've got through this and got it live, I think I need to do that a bit more, get it a bit more organised. Any, any thoughts now? You've found some good guys of kind of hiring them permanently. I've got no money. There's no, you know, if if the project was making money, then yes, I could think yeah. about that. But at the moment, it's um, there's no, you know, no money coming in at all for it, so I can't really justify that. I don't think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they'd be through Odesk at Upwork. They're through Upwork at the moment. And I'm not sure I'd want to change that. I'd probably yeah, carry on using the work anyway. Stuff, isn't it? So yeah, it takes care of all that for you. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, so no, next so two weeks, take. two weeks time, then we'll be opening <laughs> the champagne. Well, we've we've opened the, the um, virtual champagne already. It's uh, getting it actually in the customers' hands. I think was that, but but yeah, there's another bottle of champagne. So the champagne bottle of champagne gym. is open. We just can't drink it yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be I a guess bit flat a problem, by the time though. we get to it. This is a problem of you're not really building something to scratch your own itch, are you? You're building something for someone else. Yeah. And unless you sat with them for a whole week and watched their whole process of what they do and yeah, booking people in and the discounts the, they give. The discount stuff. thing annoys me because I did know that it's something we had to do, but I kind of, I didn't realise that the discounts that this guy gives. I know the other people I've spoken to do have them. Mm. And so I didn't know he has, has these things that... Um, because it's not on the forms or anything. Right. Um, it's just something that people know about. 
but I didn't know about it. Um, it's time to change his business model. Stop yeah. buying a discount. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what are you doing? You're losing out on all this money. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's, it's fine. It's just, um, it just means we've got to do it a bit earlier. So it's something we'd have had to do anyway. So it's not the problem. It's just irritating. Yep. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I put a new side project up. Oh, another one. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I had the good domain name, taskhub.com. Taskhub. Yeah. Mm. Which I thought was a real good domain name. I yeah. bought it off some guy, actually. It's really was funny, nice stroke, nice story. And he he bought it, I don't know, years ago, and I just pinged him an email. And often when you ping people emails saying, you know, do you want to sell your domain or whatever, that you either don't hear back or they come back with $1 million or something yeah. like that. But this guy replied back, he goes, oh, I don't know if he looked up that I was a developer as well or something. He said, you know, I'm a fellow developer. You know, I don't want a stupid price for it. So I think I paid like $200 for it, oh, right. which for a domain name yeah. that I thought was quite good as, you know, it's less than I paid for other domain names. Yeah. That way. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't ended up doing anything useful with Um and so I've actually owned it for like a couple of years and kind of, I think I've built that a task project management thing on there one day. Right. Scratch that dying itch. Um, but I put up a, so I've got post-it notes all over my desk, as you can see. Mm. And so I kind of thought, you know, how can you build the electronic version of post-it notes? And so the good thing about post-it notes is they're quite disposable, aren't they? So yeah. you can just screw them up and throw them away when they're done and stuff. And all project man or most project management stroke to do list apps you have to register for mm. blah 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 blah. So all this is is just it stores a cookie, and you can just create your to do list, and then it obviously you go back to it the next day and it's still there because the cookie's stored. Right. Um, so that's it. That's <clears throat> why so I've been using it. And it's quite good. But there, are, well, I've, first of all, I had the cookie only stored for twenty four hours. So if you go back like after twenty four hours, your to do list is gone. Yeah. But that was partly idea because you know quite often I write a to do list and in a week's time stuff will still be on there but I don't care about it anymore yeah. so it kind of like clear the deck star again type thing yeah. um, but then when it did disappear after 24 hours there were a couple of things I wanted on there still so I've extended that time frame to a week now <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is funny because now I've built it there's like how I was thinking of the book Traction you know that yeah. Gabriel Weinberg's brought out or reissued second edition I've been thinking you know how do you get other people to uh, start using it maybe that's a uh, discussion for two weeks time or something once I've yeah, yeah that would be interesting yeah um, but because you're not asking people to log in you don't get people's email addresses so it's a bit so more difficult to market in that so way, yeah. it's not really an SEO thing because there's no content unless you start like most people do they start a blog up about general mm. work how to lead a better life be more productive type thing yeah but there's so many people writing about that I don't really yeah. want to go down that route there's um, so many to do apps and things as well aren't there you know, mm. there is even the post-its thing I don't know if that's still around desktop program you used to be able to get yeah just post it yeah um yeah so yeah interesting to see anyway that's the same uh, what is it taskhub.com okay I'll go on there <laughs> make sure you get your stuff make sure you revisit within seven days yeah. or get the stuff done otherwise it's gone yeah <laughs> <laughs> but then i was start i was thinking though <clears throat> I, you could do a premium edition where you pay like one dollar a month just a nominal amount where you can extend the time for how long the task list stays around if you don't visit it. Yeah. Like a day or two weeks or something. Yeah. Um, People always think of problems with that sort of thing, though, you know, and so I'm thinking about a problem now. Like, if I created my task list on, on my MacBook here, mm. if I go in home, I've got my desktop, and I sometimes work on that. Ah, uh, so I've thought of that one. So you can just share it by URL. Ah, uh, okay. So in theory, you could do team like have a team task list as well yeah. and you don't have to log in or anything like that so again there's no no user management issues Yeah. Um, but then you don't know who's done which task or done but mm. then that program's not for you or this task list to-do list stroke thing isn't for you is it? No. The idea is it's like a, t- a post-it note I guess yeah, or a, yeah, a whiteboard true, yeah. type thing. Yeah. yeah, cool. 
Anyway, it was a bit of fun it's building a bit of a that. side project, yeah. Yeah. A bit of a laugh. So, no, I, I might have side projects now, actually. I need to uh, come up with some Start more. thinking up some more. <laughs> How's uh, Three Good Books going? Oh, well, still the same issue with bloody Google. Bane of my life. Still it's, like it won't, uh, it's not being, being indexed, everything. I asked another chap to look at it and couldn't see any issues with it at all. Yeah. So, who knows? <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> given up on that side well, project. No, I'm not giving up on it. it. I'm, just, I'm just waiting to see what happens. Yeah. And then again, the annoying thing is, you know, who who do you contact at Google? Customer support. No, they don't do it, do they? Basically. they have a, there's a webmaster forum, but we've posted on there before and it's hit and miss as to whether you get a reply or not. Yeah. Maybe I should. I did actually, last week I added it to Bing Webmaster Tools to see if that helps at all. Right. And also I need to check whether it's in Bing as well because maybe there is a an ongoing issue that we haven't noticed actually. Yeah. But multiple different it's angles just frustrating of really it's interesting isn't it because he's got these like side projects that are kind of scratching an itch and you get them done and then you, there are some where you can just sort of do it and then forget about it because you've mm. done it now that's it um, but with with that one you kind of think it's a good idea that you could keep going mm. and get more and more people putting three good books on etc etc but you've kind of done it now in terms of the coding and the side projects out the way now it's into the um the managing of it you kind of need some sort of incentive to do that and the incentive is yeah watching the hits go up and watching people visit it yeah there is that there's also i guess the incentive of scratching my own itch is that i've got enough good book recommendations from the people i emailed now of course, yeah. that i've got to read through them first <laughs> probably when my book my uh, wish list on amazon is is cleaned out in two or three months time i'll start emailing people again yeah that's <laughs> more a good good, point, three yeah. good books <laughs> that's interesting yeah that's a good one so it scratched my own itch for now but then again when i need more books yeah. in the uh, Couple of months I'll pick I've stopped again. reading. I've stopped reading um, sort of technical learn stuff books. I'm just reading novels and things now because I just find I, I guess it's because I'm busy working all all hours at the moment. Last thing I want to do is go to bed, which is the main time that I read for half mm-hmm. an hour before I go to sleep. Um, last thing I want to do is read a technical book now or a marketing book or something. Yeah. Just, so I just started reading novels. Yeah. Have you read The Martian yet? I have. That's really oh, have, good. Yeah. 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 You read, read that it, recently? Yeah, about a month ago. Oh, uh, okay. Two that's about ago. the same time so I read it. That's a bit weird. Is we didn't it? mention it to each other. Yeah, yeah that's odd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I want to go see the film now. Apparently. Yeah, that's I good do. As well. I'm glad I read the book first because mm. I think the film might. Well, I don't know. It could be good, but who knows? I'm reading one now. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Lexicon. Right. I've heard of it. Yeah. Oh, I know why you've heard of it. It was a book recommendation by Matt Cutts. Uh, I'm sure you know he does those reviews yeah. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's where I got it from. Um, yeah, it's quite good. Awesome. Well, we had a user question, or a it listener is. question, listener I should question. say, yeah. from our good friend Horea, that we both know. First of all, he says, congratulations on Liverpool getting a new manager in the email. Oh, yeah. We'll go, we'll go through later hot. in the other stuff. Mm. Uh, is there any chance in the podcast you can talk about investment that should be put towards software testing, such as test-driven development, writing unit functional smock, automated tests, etc.? Uh, I know this is technical, but involves business side of return on investment, having that kind of stuff and he goes on to say that you know sometimes you come across these religious zealots is that the right word zealots yeah it'll do i don't know whether really putting religious in front of it is the right word <laughs> but zealots who kind of like everything must be test driven development yeah blah 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 blah, blah. test everything you know, test everything yeah so what's your well i guess we can go from the standpoints of you know working in business yeah so for bigger companies against startup stuff I guess yeah yeah I mean I've got two two I'm I'm always always torn on it 
I really like the idea of having a suite of tests which I can just run and say a reasonable amount of confidence about whether the app's working or not. So that, so I'm probably going to go about this ask, ask about face, but from my day-to-day support stuff that I do now for the clients that I've got, um, if I had built and by saying if I had probably gives you a clue to what I actually do <laughs> with tests. Um, <laughs> if I had a, a suite of tests where I could dive in. So, so a lot of these support queries, like half an hour things, um, uh, sometimes they're bugs that I need to, to fix. And I know what the bug is maybe. I know where it is, but I know a lot of these systems are quite complex and there could be knock-on effects from changing this. Mm. So I want to go in and not have to run through testing the whole app manually by going through the app running this, running that, doing this feature, whatever. If I could just run a test suite and get a good confidence level, then that would cut the support time down dramatically on implementing that bug fix. So in that respect, I wish I'd got these test suites. But if I then think back to how the project went when it was being built, if I'd have actually, at the, at the proposal level, put in, okay, and we need an extra three weeks to develop tests alongside the code that we're going to develop. Mm. And I know people are probably jumping up and down saying that, oh, it shouldn't take three weeks if you design your application properly, blah, 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 blah. But the truth is that when you're working with with clients, in my experience, they generally, you know, you've got the whole thing of they don't know what they want. You get a set of requirements, you get a set of um, meetings that you have to have and talk through everything. And even when you start working on the project, it changes continually throughout so I've I've done it all different ways of designing everything up front, designing things as you go through. And I think, yes, you could probably architect the code in a way that makes it testable, which would make it easier to do tests. But the amount of changes required, um, I've never made it work. I've tried it and I've never mm. made it work because it's you get to a point where the, the client's banging, banging on their desk saying we need this delivered or whatever. And you've what the first thing that goes is the tests. Yeah. Um, and then once you've let it go, yeah, you can't get back. Get back. Um, so, so yeah. So I'm really torn on it. And I think this test everything is isn't great, you know, because you could write noddy things that you don't really need a test for. And um, complex stuff, I think, if you can try and abstract out and text test, mm. get a test for that's the stuff to aim for. Um, and stuff that's reused in lots of places. <coughs> so for me, if I if I did go down that route, I'd do that. Now, yeah. the other side of the coin is, of course, like I'm building this app for, for kids clubs and we did talk about building tests into it. The developers wanted to do that. But exactly the same thing has happened. I've been putting deadlines on them saying I've got customers waiting for it. And whilst some of the code is built in a way that they could t- apply tests later, they're the first thing that went out the window, you know, mm. because we're, um, we're trying to get this thing out the door. And it's probably an MVP rather than a, fully fledged product at the moment but it's not gonna we're not gonna go back and re-architect it we're gonna yeah. keep going you know because that's the way it works is that until it's in the, in the hands of the customer it does, doesn't mean anything and um, and so I really get again I'd really like to have a suite of tests so that when we make a change today and want to deploy it to production we could run the tests and know with a reasonable amount of confidence if we've broken anything else by doing this but we haven't got it yeah. so so I think I don't know if I'm making any sense though, and if I've come up with a, with an answer, but um, I it think would be nice. But it would be nice, <laughs> but in reality, it rarely Most happens. Business situations don't allow, especially yeah. in, perhaps in our startup product. Yeah. So I was going to say because you're, um, we mentioned the complex logic of some of your things about booking in, you know, 
certain dates and all that yeah. kind of stuff and that would be the perfect situation for having a test suite just on that logic exactly yeah there's loads of logic that would be really good to have a test suite for like this discount stuff you know it's mm. things that are automatically applied so you, if you think about a shopping basket with discounts automatically impl- applied you've got to work out those rules every time something changes in the basket and you've got to work out whether a discount still applies whether it should apply again well if you've got multiple discounts that could be applied which one takes preference or are they all allowed to be applied? And, yeah. and there's all this configuration stuff as well as the actual executing the rules about whether to apply discounts or not. And so that on its own, just having a test suite around that would be fantastic. But yeah. um, I've got to do it in two days, so it's never going to happen. Yeah, and that around the logic type stuff, that's where the only kind of real experience I've had from it yeah. is where at Lightning Tools where we're building the... Um, BDC Metaman, uh, it only generated XML files at the end of the day, but there's some complex logic behind some of it in mm. terms of whether it should generate this, whether you're connecting to Oracle, so on and so forth, about what XML it needs to generate. And we didn't do it from the very start, but we kind of, I think I read a book or listened to a presentation and I was like, let's do some unit testing yeah. or test-driven development. Or Yeah, it was more unit tests than test-driven development because we were halfway already there. Um, and so the bits that we wanted to test were the logical bits, like the if statements, where statements, and so on. Mm. And by doing that, it helped to separate out a lot of the, the code base, say from the business rules to the from the database integra- database connection type rules, Yeah, which we tried to do anyway. But, you know, my point of view was, you know, every if statement or where statement should be in its own method, really, so you can unit test that if statement or where statement or whatever as its own, you know, unit test mm. and so it did help separate those out and we did find some bugs that hadn't been reported yet by users and stuff that may well have come up later and so and it certainly made the project better in terms of the code maintainability yeah. and stuff but you get I, we didn't go as far as you know mocking out the database objects and the connections and stuff like that because well yeah we just wanted to test test yeah. the logic I guess and rather that, than whether it could connect and stuff and I think that's where the, the problem comes in because you want in my experience anyway, when I've tried to do it, is you, you kind of, you really have to mock out the stuff that goes to the database to be able to run the test anywhere. So on any environment, just quickly run the test and the mock objects will will do what they're supposed to do. But if you just want to test complex stuff and not everything, then you, you may still have the database there in the back end. And then all of a sudden you've got this whole setup task mm. as well as running the test, which is setting up the database the way you want it and all the rest of it. And then it quickly gets a bit unmanageable. Um, and it doesn't really achieve what its what its you know what its aim was. I mean, I, I worked on a project um, for a I probably shouldn't say the name, so just a, a large online supermarket. Um, and we were working on one project, and there was a separate project going on with internal developers, and they decided to do it um, agile with unit test driven test driven um, development. And so everything was tested, everything was mocked, and all the rest of it. And it was eighteen months overdue, right? And and it was purely down to the fact that they were doing everything properly, you know, yep. air quotes, um, with test doing tests for everything. Now, when they did deliver it, it was rock solid, and it was really really good, and it was a massive success in terms of the project. But it was eighteen months late, so it mm. cost more than twice as much as it was supposed to cost. So that's where you've got to weigh up, really, is that you know, um, I think it's very difficult to be able to sit down and say on any project it's very difficult to be able to sit down and say 
this is this these are our developer estimations on how long it will take to develop um and then throw in testing as well and i think you you then your estimations are even more out than they they might have been originally yeah and that's always the problem for people like me freelancers dealing with clients a lot of the time you might do it time and materials but you need to give them a ballpark figure on how much it's going to cost and if yeah. it goes a lot over that then you, you you'll get in trouble you know it's yeah. going to be hard the, okay. another thing sorry go on I was going to say you should prefer this or whatever with saying that if you're building a rocket ship or a, a system that looks after you know healthcare yeah. of patients they're hooked up to and stuff like that I'd be quite happy if those were unit tested. Absolutely, yeah. Development. <laughs> but then you, you think that would cost more to develop as well. Yeah. You'd prefer to spend more money on that rather than a, you know, a crud app sort of thing. But um, And the other thing is, and the thing I do more often in the freelancing world is the test scripts, you know. So you've got your requirements, your app, and then you've got a bunch of test scripts because generally what the client will want is for me to prove that I've tested it. And so I need to write some test scripts to, to do that. And then what often happens is they'll take those test scripts and then rerun them themselves, you know. Mm. Um, and quite often they'll want the test scripts up front, which it's not really possible. You can give test scenarios maybe and really high level stuff about saying, well, won't we want to be able to do this in the system and this should be the result. But yeah. it's not really very much use that. It's only when you get down to the individual lines of, um, you know, go to this screen and this should happen when you click that and this should happen, blah, 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 you know. And you, again, trying to do that throughout the project is very difficult because things change. And so maintaining that test script is a nightmare. And it generally only ha- ever, in my experience, ever becomes a proper document that you could actually use to test the app yeah. right at the end of the project. Um, so yeah, so that's just another... It all comes back in my mind to the, the triangle of requirements, whatever it's called. I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> but you know the thing where you have the quality cost yes. and how quickly you want it done yeah and you can never have all three yeah because you can have two but you can never have all three you can certainly have one <laughs> <laughs> but you know if you're um when the project's kicking off you've got to have that discussion of you know which is important is it in, like for that supermarket quality of it may have been not quality you know what i mean but the, the thoroughness of those having that test yeah. development well, it's quality isn't it was uh was more important to them than getting it done on time yeah so if you don't have that discussion at the start of the project to uh, to be able to go back to them at a later date when it either hasn't hit the two of those requirements that they've mentioned, then mm. um, you're making a rod for your own back. I think. Yeah, I think, and I think you're right as well. I mean, you were saying when you were using a bit of test development, um, testing on on the, your code, with BDB Metaman, is that right? BDC Metaman. BDC Metaman. Yeah. I knew I'd got it wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, you you rearchitected things to be more abstracted to make it easier to test and I think that's if you can try and bear that in mind when you're developing it's good practice anyway because mm. abstracting things out makes them a, easier to test but also um, you know you're isolated in what you're working on and so yeah. you can uh, you, you know there's less spaghetti code blah 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 so I think if you uh, you know try and reduce the technical debt by doing things like that um, may make it easier for you to integrate integrate some tests if you want to and you have the time Yeah. Um, whilst at the same time improving your general code quality Um, so that's always a good plan I think very good all depends on what your manager wants really yeah at the end of the day (laughs) your manager is as test driven development zealot yeah who's paying you so it comes back to the triangle of uh, requirements as I'm going to call it from now on yeah absolutely there's no point if your manager or whoever is a test driven development zealot as we're going to call them 
there's no point arguing that test driven developments aren't useful because no. they've already made the decision that they are and you might as well just get on with it yeah. yeah but what if it's your peer I guess just ignore them yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, it's again, it a project really, decision it doesn't necessarily matter does it yeah because it's always the manager or the yeah. project owner's decision it's got to be the project decision cause it's but really I guess you're both pitching going one saying TDD is a way to go mm. religiously somebody and the other has saying, to decide yeah that's it basically and um, I we joked about this the other day is I always my thought is if you can write bugs in your code you can write bugs in your tests anyway yeah. so who's writing the test to test the tests exactly <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's possible yeah <laughs> right stuff stuff I haven't got any stuff I've been doing other things mm. The Apprentice has started don't you yes you've been watching it I've, I have actually it's two episodes already it's isn't it it's a bit worrying I tweeted at Lord Alan Sugar whatever his name is you tweeted Lord it Lord Sugar yeah I said, oh if these are the best people who applied for The Apprentice, we're all in bloody trouble. Because <laughs> the programme goes, you know, they're the biggest, they're the brightest young people in the UK and they're brightest young not, business people. They? It's so cringe, yeah. really. Yeah. It gets worse every series. Like, they're trying to make it more sensationalist, sensational, whatever. It's car crash series. Telly, isn't it? it is, yeah. yeah. Oh. But it's good. I mean, it's, it is addictive. I mean... I'm, so I don't know. After two episodes, they were back-to-back, weren't they, because the series yeah. started. I'm kind of at the point of I might start skipping them, to be honest. Every year I say that, and every year I, I don't watch the first few episodes, and then eventually I get drawn into it and start watching mm. it. But, but I, I mean, I sit on the sofa, I was saying earlier, I sit on the sofa with, like, it makes my toes curl listening <laughs> to them. You know, it's like, oh, I can't yeah. stand this. And sometimes I have to physically walk out of the room listening to them. But it is just addictive. There's something about it. I keep watching it. We'll see. See in two weeks what we still think of it. <laughs> Yeah, but not I've been having much luck on Twitter. These famous celebrities haven't been tweeting me back. Haven't they? I tweeted Ian Poulter, the golfer, the other day because we couldn't get tickets cause, to the British Masters because Sky Sports had given a whole load away. And me and my mum and brother were planning on going. So I tweeted and he, Ian Poulter, he was the host at his course. So I tweeted him asking, saying, could we get, could he sort us out some tickets? No reply. Lord Sugar didn't reply to me. Well, it's their assistants, isn't it, that would reply. So. Right. Um, Maybe if you're rude about them, you'll get a reply. <laughs> I know, Ian Poulter blocks you. I know he's blocked a couple of people I know who've tweeted stuff to him. Brilliant. Yeah. But yeah, Liverpool got a new manager as well. Yes. Yeah, what do you think Big about news. that? Well, whenever Liverpool don't generally sack their managers quite quickly. Mm. Um, but when... And so I always feel a bit sorry for them, which obviously sounds like they have sacked a few quite recently because I feel sorry for them. Yeah. But Roy Hodgson, we won't count because that was just a disaster. Mm. How he can go from being sacked from Liverpool to getting the England manager's job anyway. Yeah. That's another topic. Um, but yeah, so I felt sorry for Brendan because... But then when you see the manager we've got in terms of Jurgen Klopp and the whole... The lift he's just given the club just on the first press conference and so on. Um, and the fact that every other club is almost jealous that we've got him as yeah. a manager. And the fact, as lots of... This is when you look back on it in retrospect, I guess... We only won six games since March, I think, and they were mostly against bottom of the table teams. Mm. You're kind of like, well, but you can't feel. See, this is we had this conversation in the pub the other night that somebody was saying, "Oh, I felt I almost felt sorry for for Brendan Rodgers," and you think, well, he got sacked from his position with. Did he have two years to go on a contract yeah, or something? something like that, yeah. So he's probably got like <clears throat> twenty million quid or something in his back pocket. I wouldn't mind being sacked and getting twenty million, <laughs> twenty million quid to walk away. He wouldn't have to work again if he didn't want to. Mm. You know, it's not. I know that's not going to do his confidence or anything any good and all the rest of it. He, he, he probably wants to be a manager, but I certainly don't feel sorry for them. Mm. Um, you know, with that much money floating about, you can do whatever you want now. You know, yeah. it's not... Um, 
he, he gave it a go and he knew what the criteria were and he didn't meet the criteria so yeah. out you go you know it is funny though when you listen to some of his press conferences he was like the David Brent of football management <laughs> always talking about character and uh, the team gave 100% when you've watched the game and they've been absolutely dreadful and he's like I couldn't have asked any more for my players you know kind of like I know there's like positive optimism and that kind of mm. stuff and sticking up for your players but come on yeah, yeah. Uh, when it's but, obvious that it's not the case it's not uh, yeah but I mean things haven't started well because we've had two players out this week with cruciate knee oh, really? injuries which is going to be them out for the the uh, rest of the season unfortunately international duty Danny Ings was one of them no uh, Joe Gomez was he was playing for England under 21s and did his and uh, Danny Ings unfortunately first training session back from international duty oh, twisted his and done his so and he was he's a perfect well not a perfect but he's a, a Jurgen Klopp type player right where he runs around Harry's players chases closes them down mm. and stuff so well you know what will happen he'll finish sort of just below or just in the um, European qualifying places and he'll complain that the team wasn't his and all the rest mm. of it so we'll get loads of money to spend in the summer and then next year will be the time to judge him I suppose yeah yeah. yeah I'm happy he's our manager now and cool we'll see how it goes yep I don't like football anymore, really. What about rugby? I don't like rugby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. Rugby is the game I prefer to watch, and I like I like rugby. Internationals more than Premiership. I don't mind Premiership rugby, but I don't really follow it very much. Um, but football, I just I don't know. I just really get turned off by it. All the money slushing around, mm. the prima donnas that you get. I just that's not that's don't, don't turn it back to football. Let's talk about rugby. So now that. England are out. Yeah, the Rugby World Cup. Will you be supporting Ireland, Wales, and Scotland? Oh, now there's a question. <laughs> no, really? No, I will. Will you? Yeah. I think I don't I really care about rugby. To be honest, I won't be supporting them. I think I'll. Um, out of those, if I had, if there was one that I'd wouldn't mind seeing doing well, it would be Wales. Mm. But um, no, I wouldn't support them. Support them. You know, I'd, I'd prefer them to win than Australia or New Zealand. Well, she will be supporting them. But it's not supporting them, though. Well, I'm, not gonna, France. I'm not going to be upset. Oh, definitely against France. <laughs> there <you> go, then. <laughs> There's no team you you would support who's left in, I guess, who you would support over those three. No. I don't think so, no. Um, I mean, I like watching New Zealand, obviously, because like, they are probably the best. In fact, Australia as well, the way they played so far, I think they're really good. And mm. so I like watching Australia as well, but I don't support them over home nations but then again I don't support home nations other than England so I don't know does it qualify I suppose you could I don't count it as supporting them but cheering for them yeah I'd prefer them to to win individual game if possible but I'm not bothered in the slightest if they don't sort of thing yeah it's crazy the injuries that are happening there isn't it they've got to do something about that surely I think since it's gone professional it's so huge and there's so many big hits that it's just becoming such a dangerous game um, and I don't know what you can well, they, they're doing all sorts of research aren't they in the scrum in particular I saw a programme about it they've, um, they're, they're doing research in terms of trying to reduce the injuries based on the hits so mm. like the thing that they do now where they actually bind and take the strain that was introduced by these people doing this research because they found that what was happening was when they were um, binding previously they were going in with such force that it was like you know being, being in the middle of a car crash <laughs> If you're on the front row, yeah. because you just smashed it up against yeah. each other, so that's why they they stopped it and changed it into yeah. you had to bind first because just that little sort of few centimeters difference of pushing into each other made a massive difference in terms of the yeah. um, the strain that you had to take. So 
It's really interesting, but yeah, they've got to do something because it's. it's well, the only thing dangerous. they can do is put them in American football type gear, and then it just becomes American football, but yeah. you can't throw forwards. <laughs> I think the rules, like about how you can tackle and things like that, are, are wor- where they're going to do it. Like mm. you know, the thing about you have to put your arms around them to tackle, yeah, and things like that is good because it prevents you from shoulder barge. You can still do it, but you're going to get sent off, you know. So things like that could help, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, big blokes running at each other really fast. It's have to introduce hurt. different weight divisions like they have at boxing or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> skinny man's rugby, <laughs> medium medium weight rugby and uh, <laughs> big fellas. That's a good idea. I like the idea of that, yeah. It's quite <laughs> funny. But the other side of it is you see like local clubs. I know a guy, um, he's in his 60s and he's still playing. He plays the veterans team in a local yeah. club. So there's, it's... It's just such a great game that people still get involved with at all ages. I think um, it's not just the the professional game that's um, that's impacted by the stuff that they have mm. to do. So it's interesting. But anyway, awesome. I've better wrap up. Enough. Yeah. Cool. See you in a couple of weeks. Be yeah. looking forward to champagne. Oh. I've been saying that for a month now. It's an ongoing. Come on, game. Martin. We're all cheering for you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Next week. <laughs>